The following is Voices of Experience radio show and podcast. No promotional fees are paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. Welcome to Voices of Experience on Kixie AM 880 and KKNW 1150 AM. My name is Paul Casey, and we are here today to uh, talk about more issues surrounding people with experience. And how are you, Eric? I'm doing great. I'm Tell doing me, really you've got well. Got a good interview today. As far as we're talking about roofs, right? This yeah. is time to talk about this when yeah. you got spring and summer <laughs> on the way, right? Yeah, you don't want to be talking about this in the middle of winter when it's leaking. And I know we've been there before. You know, it, it happens. Uh, so, no, this is the time to uh, to be talking about roofing. So I thought it would be interesting to talk with the owner, <clears throat> pardon me, of Orca Roofing. And his name, coincidentally, is also Eric. And we're going to learn all about kind of what roofs are best for the Northwest, what kind of to avoid, and if you're seeking someone out, what questions to ask. Because okay. if you're not a roofer, there's a lot that goes into it. Oh, sure. And I had my roof done cheap. last summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I had it done last summer. So. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. It's like one of those things you just have to do. You hate it because you spend a lot of money on it, but yeah. it's a must thing to do. Well, yeah, and it's not something that, I mean, it, it makes your house look nicer for sure from the from the road, but it's not like painting the inside and maybe a right. new kitchen or something like that. It's, right. It's, you don't it's, get to it's see unneeded. it every it's day. It's a must. That's right. Anyhow. Well, um, I'm doing a feature as well with an uh, Emily Kaufman, and she's known as the travel mom. And we're going to be talking about summer travel. Hmm. And the reason I actually did the interview with her this morning, because it has some timeliness to it, because she's saying you can still get some great deals. She focuses on family travel. Okay. So she's submitting that if you get on things right now, you can still get a good deal. So she'll be up in just a few moments on that. That's very timely. Speaking of summer, I'm going to be talking to a Dr. James Collier. He's from Modern Dermatology Skin Care. Okay skin protection, and, and all the things you can do to try to not get skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more detail myself. Voices of history today. Okay, here's a hint. All right, let's go. Quote, what hath God wrought? End of quote. And wrought is, it's not rot, it's right. W-R-O-G-T. Think about who said that. He said it today. In the late 1800s, what mm, hath okay. God wrought? I'm digging way back deep into my history class. It's in high school. Eric, <laughs> right? We got I'm, Eric's, I'm Eric's, Eric's, but Eric, what are you thinking? I don't know. I'm Eric? looking forward to finding out. <laughs> okay. The uh, one hit wonder today is a local artist, okay. singer. This song went to number one in Seattle and did reach the top 10 Nationwide. One hit wonder. One hit wonder. Okay. Female artist. Female. Okay. Correct. Became a hit again once it was covered in the 80s, I believe. Did it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's By the same artist? Different artist. Oh, okay. Well, then you're going to have to update us on that because I was thinking and read that a lot of artists sang the song before her 
with minimal success. Mm. And when she did it, it came out number one. But you pretty confident you have it. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Good enough. Uh, comedy clip for today, Pat Cashman and Lisa Foster of Peculiar Podcast. They're talking about naming of sports stadiums. Only those two would come up with just a little bit different view on what's going on now. And it's interesting, funny, but it's very thought-provoking as well. How far will we go in sports stadiums to name these stadiums? Yeah. And does it matter who they are? And they, they'll get into some detail oh, there. Oh, that's great. So we look forward to having them coming up once again. Just again, what this show is about. We talk with people with experience in public affairs, travel, fitness, education, and entrepreneurship. So we'll be back in just a few moments. I mean, very few moments with my interview with Miss Emily Kaufman. So welcome back to Voice of Experience after that very short break. Anyhow, the interview we're going to have in just a few moments, as I just mentioned, with Emily Kaufman, otherwise known as a travel mom. She has built a really engaged community in terms of advising people to travel, a lot of travel enthusiasts across the country, and she really taps into that. She's been on Good Morning America, NBC Nightly News, The Today Show, CNN, but she gets her big break today. That's right. Being on Voices of Experience. A record number of people are traveling this summer. Is it too late to plan an affordable family vacation just like the Griswolds did in their movie Vacation? Well, I hope nobody's going to have that Griswold experience. I'm here to to give you some tips and pointers to not have that happen. Uh, But we're planning a very robust summer travel season this year. According to Forbes, 87% of the people that they surveyed said they're going to be traveling as much as they did last summer, and 50% of those people say they're going to travel even more. And what does that mean for us? It means high airline prices. Tickets for airline travel are based on supply and demand, and there's only a limited number of seats to be sold. So one of the ways that we're going to get the most bang for the buck is with some road trips this summer. I see. So that would be the Griswold approach because they were talking about flying and driving, but uh, they ended up driving. When is the ideal time to then book, you know, everything for lodging and airfare? And I assume earlier, like you said, it's supply and demand. But is there something to be said for, let's say you're leaving late, but there's cancellations and you can take advantage of that? The challenge is that during the peak holiday travel weekends of say Memorial Day or Fourth of July, you're not going to be able to find very many discounted deals. One of the things I recommend to everybody is to join the free loyalty programs for airlines, hotels, rental car companies, particularly those that have partnerships with credit card companies. Here's a great example. Choice Hotels has 22 different brands underneath them, Ascend and Cambria, mid-level stuff, quality and comfort in, and they have teamed up with MasterCard to create two different choice privileges MasterCards with their choice privileges loyalty program. So you can get points for things that you're already buying, like gas or groceries, and use those 
towards hotel stays. Now, is it too late to do that now for this summer? No, absolutely not. Uh, in fact, it's a great time to do it, to start using your purchases. You actually get a bonus of a certain number of points with each respective credit card as soon as you make a nominal purchase fee. So you get bonus points straight away, and you can use them to stay in great places. I know folks from Seattle like to vacation in California. There's a, a great property that's called Casa Via Mar in California that you can use your points for. Where's that at? That's in Port Wanimi, just just outside of the Los Angeles area, just north of Los Angeles. And are there any programs that people, let's say, are trying to, they get marketed to and things that may be on the side of scams that they should watch out for? You know, it, it's hard to tell. Of course, we've got telemarketers. We've got all that nonsense going on. One thing that you can totally take advantage of is that we get perks and benefits for many things that we're members of without even realizing it, whether it's the big box stores or AAA or AARP. Those are some great programs to check out what your travel perks and benefits are. And those are not going to be a scam at all. You can rest assured that you're getting a great deal that way. Probably the ones that are calling you the telemarketers, or those are the ones to be careful of. Yeah, I would shy away from those. Any other things that people can do to actually bring down the cost of their vacation when they are traveling and how long you should vacation, what to look out for, and again, maybe the best places to go? You know, there's so many great places to go and visit. Uh, my advice is to book direct with the hotel. Then you're assured you're getting the best rate. You can also enter in some of your preferences that you need. Maybe you want a crib in the room or connecting rooms, and that way you get prioritized and they will see those things. Also, the credit card I was telling you about, the Choice Privileges MasterCards, as soon as you start purchasing, you start accruing points and getting bonuses. Something else to consider is visitor and convention center websites, totally free resources to learn what's going on in an entire destination. Um, it's a comprehensive look at the whole place, and you'll get a calendar of activities and area attractions and maybe even some discounts and coupons to use in the destination. So this is a good time to travel, even though there's a lot of people traveling now, and essentially it is a good time to go. Hit the road? Oh, for sure. Anytime's a good time to get away. You just want to be realistic about your road trip experience. Many times parents get the big idea that, they're going to toss their kids in the car in their pajamas in the middle of the night and think they're going to sleep the rest of the way until you get to your road trip. That never happens. Once you're up, you're up. Mom and dad are tired, so they're bickering. Accidents happen when people are fatigued. Try and build that road trip into your vacation experience. Maybe consider stopping. There are more than 4,000 choice hotels within a mile from each interstate exit. Um, so let, let's just go with being realistic. How about a time frame, like a week, two weeks on the road if you're driving? Is there something along there you'd advise? It's really hard to pinpoint that because each individual traveler knows what their limits and their potential are. Also, the number of places that you're going to go see. I think it's really important for people to remember if they're visiting a national park or a state park, you have to have reservations ahead of time. You can't just show up to those. So if that, that requires a little more planning and preparation, as do many of the theme parks that require reservations now as well.
Is there anything else before we go? And also, where can listeners go and get more information? Sure, they can follow along with my social media, The Travel Mom, on Instagram and Facebook. I share travel tips, pointers, great destinations. I even give away a free trip every single week. And to learn more about the loyalty program and the credit cards I've been talking about, go to choicehotels.com slash credit cards. Sid, I just want to wish everybody happy travels. Let's get out there and explore. Travel's the greatest teacher that there is. When a flock of geese knocked out two engines on U.S. Airways Flight 1549 right after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport, who would you want in the cockpit? Captain Sully or a pilot on their maiden flight? If Captain Sully was your choice, then experience is important to you. And that's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. A variety of topics are explored, including local and national public affairs, self-employment, travel, lifestyles, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Now Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. Well, welcome back. Enjoyed that interview with the uh, traveling mom, and uh, she gave some encouraging news to get out there and Advise basically, probably though airlines is not mm-hmm. going to be your best choice right now. But if you're looking at it, you're going to have to look at a road trip. Yeah, pack the kids into the station wagon, head on down I-90. And you may see the Griswolds <laughs> on the way, right? Um, I used that joke enough. Yeah. Actually, when I was doing the interview, I cut another out. You stop that. Would you get on with the interview, please? I did like what, how she ended that. It's Travel is one of the best educators. And that's I think that's so true, too. And I've done, been on enough family. Uh, it's also a way to connect with, with your family members because a lot of times you're all going 100 miles an hour in different directions. But you get stuck in a car or in a plane or on a train, whatever, and go to a destination. starts off usually poorly, but by the end, it's like a reconnect. I like it. Excellent. Another connection you can make is with the Tacoma Rainiers this Friday. Two tickets just popped up. Nice. And these two tickets are literally, well, right behind home plate on the first row, a little bit down, maybe four seats. That's a long way of saying these are good seats, people. Thank you. <laughs> and you also get a complimentary beverages, uh, wine, beer, soft drinks, water, spirits you have to pay for. You get a dinner, and uh, it's just a wonderful time. You've been there, Eric. You've sat in the seats, so yeah, you know what it's like. So anyhow, this would be for this Friday, and uh, the two seats, we're just going to give them away to the first caller who comes in. Just leave a voicemail. Here's the number, 425-653-1166. Leave your name and, of course, your phone number so we can get back to you and tell you how you get the tickets. They'll be left at will call. We'll gotcha. tell you that right now. And complimentary parking is part of this as well. It's a great experience. Got to say, um, I've had the tickets for several years now and, and really enjoy it. And you see a lot of uh, people coming up. If you haven't been to Cheney, I don't have to oversell it. If you've been to Cheney, you're going to want these tickets. The weather's going to be nice. Yes, it's it just, is. It's, it's going to be, be in the 80s. Awesome day. Uh, and there'll yeah, be and Chester there. You'll meet Chester. Chester's and if you're good to him, you'll 
He'll give you a newspaper during innings, and you can look at the history of baseball, like from 1961, and all the fun facts. He actually gave me a newspaper the last time I was there, and it was like, baseball needs to speed up. And he just handed me the paper and said, some things never change. (laughs) And it's amazing, again, how it has sped up the game, these uh, things that baseball has put in, like the pitch clock and all that has really, they're saying about 30 minutes is cut off the game and it really flows a lot better. So uh, how about that number again? 425-653-1166. The first caller, again, leave your name, phone number, so we can get back in touch with you. 425-653-1166 for the Rainiers game this Friday night. Awesome. Okay. So we move into another baseball segment in the segment we're coming up right now, and that's with Pat Cashman and Lisa Foster called Peculiar Podcast. They talk about naming ballparks. That when we, my wife and I used to watch Seahawks games, and if they were losing, Patty would throw her up her hands and say, well, no wonder the other team is hogging the ball. <laughs> that's exactly how you lose. Yeah, that's They're... how you lose. <laughs> Speaking of that, speaking of uh, sports, uh, my summer love has been to see uh, the the, uh, Seattle Mariners' unlikely and remarkably improved fortunes this summer. Now, it could still all end in hopeless misery, but as of of now. That's what you say every year. Well, that's because that happens every year. I mean, it's not with, uh, there's there's a foundation to to my belief there. But it looks pretty good. They're playing well. It's it's fun, and uh, some people don't give a hoot about such things. But I've I've that always loved that baseball, and uh, so it's cool. But I was me. thinking that they're playing now at a place called T-Mobile Park, which was, which began as Safeco Field. Oh yeah. But remember the days when stadiums just were what they were. There's Yankee Stadium. There was the Kingdome. I would, they right. didn't have a, any corporate name to it. Now everything's Candle, got a corporate Candle name. Candlestick Park. I remember watching the San Francisco yeah, it wasn't, uh, Giants or whoever the hell. Yeah, they were. it was Giants. And, and it wasn't because it was uh, sponsored by a candlestick company. Right, right. Yeah, this, that was the name. Yeah, Wrigley Field. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that was Wrigley Gum, but yeah. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, Why the, didn't they call it? Wait, wait. Why didn't they call it Wrigley Gum Field then? Well... Uh, they did have an opportunity to name second base double mint, you know, but they didn't do that. But I'm just, I was just wondering, uh, you know, we got, these are real names. Some of them are not all American names. Some are for soccer fields, but at, at the moment we have a place called Sleep Train Arena, which uh, is asking a lot of fans to stay awake. Minute mm-hmm. Maid Park, what a burger field. That's an Astros really? Triple A affiliate. Yeah, what a burger field. There's cheaper insurance direct stadium. Oh my god. And in England, I believe it's there's a Tony Macaroni Arena. <laughs> and then in Glendale, Arizona, where the Super Bowl is going to be played this year again, they uh, play that at University of Phoenix Stadium. And as you know, University of Phoenix isn't even really an no. actual physical campus. It's an, it's an online school. Yeah. I used to tell people that they say, well, where did you and your wife meet? And I said, well, uh, I played football <laughs> at the University of Phoenix for, for, for seven years, and my wife was a cheerleader, and that's how we met. 
and do some people get it and others go, oh, that's so great. What a yep. great story. Oh, no. Yeah. The, the latter is usually <laughs> the case. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I love that story. That's great. So great. And the University of Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky is the KFC Yum Center. KFC <laughs> I actually like Yum. that one. You like that one? I would go to that one. KFC Yum Center. But I'm just wondering, yeah. are there any limits? Should there be limits to stadium naming rights? What, what if well, what if it, what if the people from Xlax came forward and said, "We will pay you <laughs> your highest fee to have naming rights for your stadium, Xlax right. Field, or or GasX Park"? Yeah, That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, or. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, they came up with some great ideas <laughs> for the naming of new uh, baseball parks and gave us a lot to think about, as they always do. And, of course, that's Pat Cashman and Lisa Foster, Peculiar Podcast. And that's all you need to do is Google Peculiar Podcast, and you were there. Yep. So we do have a winner it's for the Tacoma Rainiers game. I won't give the name out because we didn't say we would do that, but I will get in contact with them right now, so don't feel you have to call. We did have several calls, but we do have a winner for the Tacoma Rainiers tickets on Friday. We'll do this again in the season. There's probably, it's it's a wonderful venue, so I'm not going to go on about that anymore. I want to move into now, and I hope you guys do too, our Voices of History segment. Yes. Okay. Love this, love this segment. All right. So let's see if I can um, come up with some good ones again today. After 14 years of construction, the Brooklyn Bridge opens on May 24th, 1883, 140 years ago wow. today. Wow. It's still standing. Still standing. <laughs> you know, there's that, um, uh, what is the PBS special on the Brooklyn Bridge construction? And I got to see that. You know, Ken Burns did it. Mm. I still haven't seen that. I kind of, every time I read something about this, like, I got to read that. I got to see that. Um, President Chester Arthur was there. That was probably the only thing he was known for. I don't know yeah. much about Chester Arthur I, I, at all. I don't either. <laughs> and uh, also, the the uh, soon-to-be president, uh, Governor Grover Cleveland, was on hand for this okay. 140 years ago today. All right. So in the hint I gave at the beginning of the program, and what was that again uh, about Hell. what hath God wrought? That was today. It happened in 1844, Samuel Morse sends his first message with this new invention on the telegraph, and that's what he said. Ah. Okay. Did he use Morse code? <laughs> I would think so. Okay. You, he just right. called it code. <laughs> a lot. It was just code. Yeah, right just code for They're like, yeah. Right. Let's, but come, I, let's I, call I, it Morse code. He was, he was calling it Sam code. <laughs> now, I'm going to research why he said that. I don't understand that. Maybe I've I got to do that more. I'm interested. It's like right. thinking, this isn't God. No, this was you. I thought you invented it. Maybe he envisioned did, the know, fact that we would come to a day where everyone's staring at their phones. Now we're all connected with the telegraph. Yeah. It's just going to be nothing <laughs> but misinformation. Oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> Are you? Let's see. Um, oh, gosh. 1843. Thousand men and women and children climbed aboard their wagons and steered their horses west out of a small town of Elm Grove, Missouri, mm. and they were headed to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oregon Trail. In 1843, the Great Migration West. There are still places in East, Eastern Oregon where you can see the wagon ruts. Really? Yes, absolutely. Oh. Jeez. 
did not know that. Well, think about all the wagons that came through. Oh, it, you're and, right. And it's just a field, and you'll see. Wow. It's pretty, pretty amazing. It is. On May 26, 1927, Henry Ford and his son, Edsel, I didn't know his son was named Edsel, but that's where the Edsel car came from, I imagine. They drove off the final Model T Ford out of their factory on this on May 26, 1927. They had made 15 million Model Ts, but that was the last one that was mm. produced on May 26, 1927. On the local front, on May 22, 1903, President Theodore Roosevelt visited Chehalis, Washington. And the next day, he signed in as the inaugural guest at Seattle's Washington Hotel that was located on the top of Denny Hill. He then went on to Fort Lawton and then went to visit North Yakima Hmm. before heading off to Walla Walla to speak at Whitman College. And what year was that? That was 1903. Can you imagine getting out here in 1903 and, and then... Going east of the mountains, like I mean, I drive to Pullman and look at the highways sure. and stuff, and it's a long drive. But can you imagine at that? Yeah, it had to have been train, I guess. Air Force One water. was just a hot air balloon <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I, it's hard to believe. And then in 1908, also um, President Teddy Roosevelt, there was a U.S. Navy Great Fleet that went from the Atlantic around the Pacific. Now, I'm thinking, i got to look this up again, and that is, I would imagine they went around South America. I don't know if um, you know, they were able to go through the canal, if mm. the you know, canal had been built then. I know it was around that time, but was it open? That's my question. We've got to research that. Yeah, the Panama okay. Canal. Panama and, Canal um, opened August 15th, 1914. Okay. So obviously then it went all the way around South America because they went on the West Coast, came in the Puget Sound, all these phenomenal ships. And one of the vessels was called the USS Nebraska, which was built locally by the Morgan brothers in their shipyard four years earlier. And that was called, again, the Nebraska. And that was the only battleship ever built in Washington State. And it's called the Nebraska. Interesting. Wow. So there you go. I thought these were kind of fun today. So we'll be back in just a few moments. I had a a conversation with Dr. James Collier, and we're going to talk about skin care coming up this summer. Well, Dr. James Collier, I actually had this interview with him about a year and a half ago, and he's uh, one of the principals at Modern Dermatology. And uh, under the reality and and wanting to do full disclosure, I am a patient of Dr. Collier, and I've been going to him for about 15 years now. And uh, when we had this conversation, uh, we were talking about skin care, melanoma, basil, things like that, and things that you can do to really protect yourself. So let's have the interview, and I'll come back and talk about uh, some of my interactions with him. Yeah, so that's definitely true. So too much uh, exposure to ultraviolet rays, so UV rays, which includes like sunlight or going to tanning beds, which is a really bad idea. Um, then those are that's the, that's the big uh, risk. The risk grows with 
the more amount of exposure you have. Can you get too little sun, though, too? Can you overdo it the other way? Living in the Northwest, you know, most of us are really on the lower end of the vitamin D spectrum. And so, you know, taking a vitamin supplement uh, and specifically vitamin D3 uh, can be really beneficial as far as that's concerned. But because you wear sunscreen, doesn't mean you're not going to make vitamin D production. And, you know, I think that people should live their life and do things outdoors. We live in a beautiful place. Just be smart about it. You know, using a broad spectrum sunscreen. So broad spectrum means it uh, protects against UVA and UVB rays. Two main categories of sunscreen. So one is a a physical or mineral sunscreen um, versus a chemical sunscreen. Uh, So a physical sunscreen and the ones that most dermatologists recommend are going to be zinc oxide or titanium because they all sit on your skin and they'll reflect UV radiation. Okay, they're broad spectrum. They have the best broad spectrum coverage of any sunscreens. Most dermatologists uh, question would recommend a mineral or physical sunscreen that has like zinc or titanium in it because it's going to give you better protection anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's probably safer for you as well. Sure. Now, you go so far as to recommend some products or would you be comfortable doing that? Oh, as far as like specific sunscreens? Yes. Oh, yeah. So there's there's some really nice ones on the market now um, that are inexpensive. Uh, there is one called ISDIN, and it's I-S-D-I-N is the name of it, and they carry zinc-based sunscreens. And they're really light and easy to apply. Another one that has actually chemical and physical sunscreens, but mostly physical, is uh, one called Supergoop. And uh, a good kind of daily one that I really like is called Supergoop Mineral Shear. It's really light and easy to use. Uh, what other advancements have there been made in skin care, let's say since you began 15 years ago? There's a few things. So kind of a really hot topic right now is, you know, we've traditionally like skincare has been like, oh, a moisturizer and a face wash. But actually, we're now, there's been a lot of development as far as like dealing with more specific areas of the skin, like crepiness or fine lines and wrinkles, building collagen. And those are called peptides or stem cells um, or growth factors. And they stimulate collagen production and also can help with cell regeneration. So it's actually kind of um, stimulating the building blocks of um, thickening skin and having healthier skin. As far as also, say, over the last 20 years, I mean, minor cosmetic procedures also have just been booming. And so there's little things you can do in your 30s and 40s to age really gracefully so that you're not at 65 or 70 being like, oh, I should have done something many years ago. And there's minor procedures. Um, you know, there's lasers that help with resurfacing for fine lines and wrinkles. There's lasers that help with red spots, brown spots. You know, it's interesting. You should say, like, again, it would be like earlier the better if you do things like in your 30s and 40s. You won't have to be so evasive if you wait till your 60s or 70s to do it. Oh, that's 100% correct. And unfortunately, there's a little bit of a stigma that has previously been attached with like doing cosmetic procedures at a young age. It's like, hey, you know, you're only 30, you're only 40, why are you doing this? But if you do little things earlier on, then you're just going to age gracefully. How often should someone come into a professional like you and get their skin looked at? According to the Skin Cancer Foundation, most adults should be, this skin exam should be performed once a year. And especially if you're high risk or over 50 years of age or have a lot of moles, Mm -hmm. um, if you have a history of skin cancer, you might need to be seen more often or a history of, uh, you know, there's also some things that are 
pre-skin cancerous that sometimes we like to follow up a little bit more often than a year. Early detection is incredibly important, especially for melanoma. Let's go there with melanoma. We hear about that. That's the one that just seems like you'll freeze if someone says you got melanoma. And so what are the myths and what are the realities of melanoma? Well, so melanoma is is basically skin cancer of um, pigment. Um, so it's moles. That's what we're looking for. And we're looking for, you know, dark brown, uh, black, flat moles. And uh, that just look kind of like the ugly duckling. Um, the, here's the reason why melanoma is gets, when people hear that, they get they cringe. And that's because if melanoma is diagnosed late, then your survival rates are very low. With early detection of melanoma, and this is once again why you would see, you want to see a dermatologist once a year, is because um, early detection can make all the difference in the world. Okay, and how about basal? Uh, so yeah, so basal cell skin cancer is the common skin cancer. It's the skin cancer uh, that is derived from chronic sun exposure. So most people are going to get it on their face. On their like so on their nose, on their temples, on their forehead, on their ears, and this is uh, mutations in normal kind of skin cells that just start mutating because of all the uh, UV exposure, which causes mutations. And so, this skin cancer is not like melanoma, where it wants to spread to other parts of the body. Thank goodness it can if you let it sit long enough, but it does have to be cut out or otherwise it could just continue to grow on the skin. Pretty much it's just if you haven't been to a dermatologist or been established with one, they're the experts in skin, uh, a board certified dermatologist and you know they can answer all sorts of questions for you ranging from aesthetics uh, to, um, uh, to medical dermatology. And that's Dr. James Collier, dermatologist with Modern Dermatology, and he's uh, located on Seattle's South Lake Union. I did say that I am a patient of his. Yep. And I've been that for 15 years or so, and the reason I mentioned that is uh, when I did that interview, we talked about basal, which I've had cases of that, but melanoma, we talked about that, and at that point, I was asking him some questions, and um, being, again, my doctor... I went to him about a year ago, and I got one of those, uh-oh, and it was a melanoma. Oh. And it was on the tip of my ear. And it was the uh, good news is that after I had the test and they sent it out to the labs, he said, well, it's between 1 and 10. He said, uh, if it's uh, 1, you're good. I mean, it's not going to be a big deal. If it's uh, above 8 or 9, well, we better start making plans, kind of. Okay. Uh, but it came in at 0. So that was good news, and I got it treated, and I was, I'm, I'm in great shape. And the odds of saying I'm going to get it in other places isn't that great. But what he has said, and it's so true, when you have something like that personally occur, because I'm going every three months now, and I uh, have since then, and it's no problem. But when people say, and doctors say particularly, get it checked frequently, and they can catch it, and you'll mm-hmm. get past it, it it's so true. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that personal note onto skincare. 100%. And, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions about, you know, living here in the Northwest and the, the, um, the effect of the sun. Well, instance. he talked about that. Yeah. He definitely said that. Sometimes we think because we're here, we're not getting the sun, and that's not true. But that's a very good point, Eric, mm. 
that is very good point. So um, let's see. We got uh, wow. We got some time. It's again. It always rolls so fast here. <laughs> we got your interview coming up yes. in a, a short time, and I'm going to head out and head to Tacoma. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to the game on Friday because we do have the winners, but I am going tonight, hosting some people down there. So I'm going to try to get uh, down there. And Eric, you're saying I five now, right? <laughs> it's, it's like what it is. It's changing this every real, minute. Every so, minute. Yeah. Well, I'll get it before I go. Anyhow, just uh, looking at some things, I saw. Uh, if you saw the Seattle Times this weekend, I like stuff like this. I think you too, both Eric's do too as well. But um, Eric Lassitus had an article in the uh, Pacific Northwest magazine, and it had to do SeaTac Airport. Just statistics, a really good layout. I strongly mm. suggest that. If you get the Seattle Times and missed it, go back and see it because it talks about just some of the things that go on at SeaTac in, in, in a monumental ways. Like, for example, this is interesting, is that there's a greater than 50-50 chance that anybody in the Puget Sound region has flown out of SeaTac at least one time this year of the entire population in wow. this area. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Um, well, how about this room? I have. Guy, I, I got in last yeah. night. Yeah, it's <laughs> 11 o'clock. I mean, 100% we're, we're, of us fly out of SeaTac. And I'll bet if you walk everybody in this studio yeah. or in this uh, radio stations, you would find the same. Right. Over 23,000 people work at SeaTac on a daily basis. That's the size of Oak Harbor, Washington. And that's Amazing. just the Cinnabon. Yeah, that's just the Cinnabon. No, hey, that, you're quick today. No, that's the I line like, at Cinnabon, right? That's <laughs> our Starbucks. That's true. Um, they handled 14, that was good, 14.5 million pieces of baggage last year. There were over 850 TSA security officers that work at the airport. Scanners have improved immeasurably. The images that they're taking now it was quoted as saying, somebody said, like a science fiction movie, but real. Hmm. So you're not going to get things past them. That's a warning. I mean, it's just like, I guess it's yeah. advanced so great. Because sometimes you see them. And you, how do they see anything in there? But I guess they're a lot better than they were. Over 17 million passengers went through the TSA checkpoints on their way to their flights last year. And in 2022, a record 113 firearms were found in luggage or carry-on bags. Wow. That's the one that gets me. Is It's a ton of signs. I, yeah. At what point? I mean, come on. Well, you, I mean, seriously, I think they forget. And that's what's even scarier, <laughs> yeah. that people are walking, oh, where did I put my gun? And then they're right. getting on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I think they actually do. And that's so prominent, guns and everything, that that's what happens. Wow. Last time I flew, guy in front of me uh, got pulled out of security, two bottles of water right in front of him. After all this time, you yes. would think... That would be second nature to not have <laughs> full yeah. bottles of water in your luggage. But well, and, and there's there all the signs are. and all the announcements. And all exactly. Yeah, come yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm doing this from memory now, which is dangerous, but most of those guns were loaded too. Wow. Spooky. And I think I'm gonna ask another quiz here, and that is what airlines carry the most passengers? What airline you know, went out with most passengers. With in SeaTac? At SeaTac, correct. I've got my guess. I would think Alaska. That's what I'm going with, Alaska. Yeah, they cover the whole region here. I would have guessed that, but I didn't realize the share was that this large, 54%. Wow. 
and then the rest That's of amazing. the airlines. So there's a lot of airlines at SeaTac, and yeah. it's surprising that I thought I'm not surprised at SeaTac uh, that Alaska Airlines was number one, but that percentage of the payload, I Big guess, time. I was. So those are some uh, little things, little tidbits we have going. So why don't we uh, move to Eric's interview after a promotion of Voices of Experience? How's that sound? Sounds good. When a flock of geese knocked out two engines on U.S. Airways Flight 1549 right after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport, who would you want in the cockpit? Captain Sully or a pilot on their maiden flight? If Captain Sully was your choice, then experience is important to you. And that's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. A variety of topics are explored, including local and national public affairs, self-employment, travel, lifestyles, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. On today's Spotlight on Success, I'm speaking with Eric Trevsger, owner of Orca Roofing. We're going to be talking about tips for Northwest homeowners when it comes to the world of roofing. If you've ever replaced a roof, you know there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of concerns and, and angsts. Well, I wanted to bring an expert on, and that's what Eric is. He is owner of a company that's been around for quite a while. We're going to learn about that and also what they're doing as they continue to expand. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Great to be here. I appreciate it. Well, let's get right into it because uh, this this topic, I wish I had met you about a year and a half ago prior to us having our roof done because uh, it was... It was a lot of angst, uh, as I speak of angst. Um, we had a tile roof, an old-style kind of Spanish tile roof on our northwest home, and uh, it was supposedly a 50-year roof, but once they got to taking it apart and things, they found that water had seeped through and really done damage to the house because of all the needles and leaves and things that had never been properly cleaned. So we've switched over to, I guess it would be called an asphalt roof. Is that correct? The yeah, asphalt shingles. Asphalt shingle roof. Uh, and we're happy with that. But I'm curious, as as we look at the Pacific Northwest, um, what is the best roof for this region? Yeah, great question. You can't go wrong with asphalt shingles um, as, as you did for your own house. Um, that said, it, it has a limited lifespan. Um, they are oftentimes marketed as 50-year roofs, whereas the reality is an asphalt shingle roof will last between 20 and 25 years if properly installed. I would say the best roof for the Northwest is either a standing seam metal roof, which is a true 50-year roof, or a, a Brava composite style roof, which is another true 50-year roof. The problem with the asphalt shingles, the tile roofs, as you saw, is um, it just it, it doesn't have the same lifespan in the Pacific Northwest with the pine needles, with the rain, with the precipitation, that you might get somewhere um, a little bit drier. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of challenges with the weather we have here, and the trees don't help. I would imagine. Uh, right now, metal roofs. I understand that uh, you really need to be with someone who understands how to install those. They're a bit trickier, are they not? They are. Yeah, you don't want to make the mistake of having an asphalt shingles crew. Doesn't matter if they have 20 years of experience. 
you don't want to have a standard roofing crew install a standing seam metal roof. Gotcha. And the reason is it's it's really a different craft almost. Um, my my standing seam metal foreman actually came to roofing from the world of um, commercial sheet metal. He was a commercial sheet metal journeyman before he got into commercial roofing. And then he came over and, and started with us a few years ago from his his commercial um, job. But it's it's very different. The details are very different. The way that you put together the panels are different. The There's a lot of little things that really add up, such as hook eaves, such as lining up the valley, just a lot of details that, um, that a lot of standard crews who are used to slapping on those asphalt shingles just don't understand and, and might not do the right way. Now you'd mentioned, so you have separate crews doing different style roofs, correct? Correct. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about Orca Roofing, how you got it started, uh, who's involved, and where you service. What's your service area? Sure. So we really focus on the east side. We're trying to become Bellevue and the east side's go-to roofer. So when it comes to our focus, when it comes to our core service area, um, we really just target the east side. So you'll see our, our trucks. We have a number of Tundras and Tacomas and mm-hmm. dump trailers and whatnot. And, and you'll see them all over the east side because it does seem about 75% of the roofs that we do are on the east side. That said, we do have an extended service area. We don't like to turn down leads, especially if they're referral leads. So we, we still do, you know, a couple dozen roofs last year in Seattle and um, up as far north as as Edmonds and as far south as Kent, I think is is kind of where we so we have an extended service area, which we're happy to go to, but but we certainly focus on Bellevue and the east side. And that that allows us to, um, I guess, refine our craft and, and really focus on what Bellevue uniquely wants. Well, let's uh, sort of go step by step. Let's say I go to your website, learn a little bit about your company and then say, OK, you know what? I want to have someone from Orca Roofing come out. You come out, then what? How, what is the planning process like for someone who is looking to get a new roof? Yeah, great question. So we we actually have something on our website that I don't think any other roofing company has in the area. We actually have a roofing calculator. And so somebody can go to our website and without getting an estimate, without reaching out to us, they can enter their information in. It's about a 10-question survey and they mm-hmm. put in square footage, pitch, what type of roof. And then it gives them a range. So it might be, say, your roof will cost between $23,000 and $28,000. And assuming that the measurements that they entered are correct, uh, that range tends to be pretty accurate. Our, our estimates tend to tend to fall in that range. So that is a great way for people to, when they're in the planning and the budgeting phase to learn a little bit more about the estimated cost. That said, if you want an, a precise estimate, you're right. You call us up. We send... One of our roofing consultants, um, we have two of them. They're both very experienced. They've been in, in the industry for many years. Um, we do a much more thorough roof inspection than other roofing companies do. And we do that because we want to avoid change orders. We want to avoid the unexpected. We don't want to lure you in with a cheap bid and then tear off your roof, realize there's a lot of decking or mm-hmm. we have to install a, a chimney cricket or anything else. We're going to tell you all of those things that you need up front so you can properly budget, so you can plan on there being no change orders. And so we can plan on doing the job the right way. So, so our inspections are very 
accurate. They're very thorough. They do take more time. So we will be at your house for over an hour, probably about an hour and a half. But the bulk of that is not us talking to you. It's not us trying to sell you our services. You can still hang out on your computer, do whatever you want. Uh, The bulk of it is us up on your roof in your attic, taking pictures, inspecting it, and making sure that, that we understand your needs for your specific house. So once you've decided as a consumer, okay, I, li- I like what I'm hearing here on the estimate. Uh, I've researched the company. The company looks uh, uh, wonderful. I'm going to go with Oracle Roofing. Uh, what are what are some things, consideration for scheduling, different times of year? Um, do they get busy? How far out are you? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's another great question. And that that is something that we get asked fairly often. The answer to that is really it depends. And the main thing it depends on more so than the time of year is the type of roof covering you're going with. So if you do want to go with a standing seam metal roof, those are or a Brava composite roof. Those are custom made to order for your exact house. So the lead time after we go and we have to take a critical measurement, build the roof um, and, and the factory and the lead time for that is is usually a couple of months. So gotcha. if you want a Brava roof or a standing seam metal roof, we're going to be a few months out. If you want an asphalt shingles roof, that is not a very custom roof. You buy a lot of shingles, you buy a certain amount of waste percentage. So you have leftover shingles and, and you go to work. And we typically tend to be between two and four weeks out for our, our asphalt shingles roof. Um, and then the last one would be low slope. So we do PVC and TPO. Um, and low slope roofs, first of all, in Seattle, they are not a great idea. They're great roofs for the north, for the Southwest. They're great roofs for California. In my opinion, they shouldn't be done here in Seattle, but architects love them. They love putting those flat roofs and low slope, especially in, in Bellevue. So we do deal with it quite a bit. Gotcha. Um, with that, we really try to do all of our low slope roofs in the, in the summer. Um, if the rain, if we get hit by a rainstorm or some weather, and we're in the middle of a slope roof, it's pretty easy to get that dried in and protect the interior of the house. If you get hit with weather when you're on a flat roof or a low slope roof, it's very difficult to keep that water out. And you're you're talking about potentially a huge amount of interior damage. So for the low slope roofs, we definitely try to do that in the summer. If you call us in January, we say, hey, do you mind waiting till June or July to get this done? And we'll give you the quote. We'll get you on our schedule. We have a number of, of low slope roofs on our schedule right now that we're not going to be starting until June, July, August. Beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, unfortunately, we're out of time. I can't believe it's already been 10 minutes. There's so much more I want to ask you. So I, I'll definitely have you back if, if we can schedule that out, uh, because there's so much, again, I'd like to ask you. But I, I would like people to know your website so they can go there and get started and I love the fact you have the estimator on there as well. It's orcaroofing.com. That's O-R-C-A roofing altogether dot com, orcaroofing.com. Learn more. I think just by listening to Eric, you'll see why I had him on here. I have no sort of dog in this fight. He, he didn't work on my house. So he's not going to be at this point, hopefully, unless we get leaks. But I, I just found him to be extremely knowledgeable. So thank you so much, Eric, for your time. Good luck with your company. And I'm sure we'll see more and more of your trucks out there on the roads. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Eric. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Again, that's orcaroofing.com. Join us again next time for an edition of Spotlight on Success. Well, just like in baseball, we got called up, Eric. Major leagues here. We're uh, <laughs> we're going to close out this show for Mr. Paul Casey, your host, who's out there on the highways and byways right now, probably listening to us on either 11.50 a.m. or, of course, Kixie 8.80 a.m. 
This show also goes to podcasts. I want to remind you of that. So if you like it, if you've heard something on here you want to relay to a friend or a family member, or just hear it again, check out the podcast on uh, the KKNW website under the podcast tab, and you'll see it right on there, Voices of Experience. We are out of time, unfortunately, Eric. It's been a great show. It's a wonderful day out there right now. We're headed into a holiday weekend. That's nice. That sounds good. I hope you have good plans and you're going to be out there safe and sane. Uh, If you uh, have any comments about today's show, please call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. Paul really does take to heart all the comments that you have about the show. And uh, quite often it helps us pick guests and topics and subject matter and things like that. Want to say that uh, VOE, or Voices of Experience, airs on Kixie Wednesdays at 3 p.m., and is simulcast on Hubbard's sister station, KKNW AM 1150. Let's go right to the quote of the week. An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. Winston Churchill said that. I'll tell you what, we've got Timeless Classic coming up next, but I want to thank you, Eric, for your help today. Thank you. Let's Great go show. to it. Timeless Classic. Here it is. This week's One Hit Wonder was composed in 1967 by Chip Taylor. After hearing the Rolling Stones song, Ruby Tuesday, he was inspired to write the following lyrics and musical score. Many different artists recorded this song. To name a few, Connie Eaton, Mary Mason, Olivia Newton-John, Betty Swan, and again, many more. Now this song didn't get any traction at all, but then it became a huge hit in the United States, Britain, Canada, New Zealand, and numerous other countries when a very young talent from Seattle stepped in and said, hey, let me have a shot at this. Give me the mic. From 1968, Seattle's own Merrily Rush, I'm sure you know the song, but just in case, Angel of the Morning.
Call me a-